Hey, Joshua Segafis here. On this podcast, I teach men and women how to increase their attraction, level up their dating game, and embrace the alpha mentality. If you're sick of a dating or relationship life that sucks, stick around. This is exactly where you want to be. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Segafis here. Listen, I just opened up my new mastermind tribe, an exclusive community where alpha-minded men and women can get the individualized coaching and guidance they need to truly level up their dating game and embrace the alpha mentality. Find it at joshuasegafis.com forward slash mastermind tribe or check below. You should find a link in the comments. It's free for the first month. And if you believe in anything I say or talk about, this is the ultimate mastermind tribe for you. Go sign up. I'll see you there and we'll crush it together. Now let's get on to today's episode. All right, I think we're live. Just gonna double check, make sure we're live on the stream. Yep, I think we are. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Joshua Scafis YouTube and Podcast. This is the YouTube and Podcast show where we talk about how to increase your attraction, level up your dating game, and embrace the alpha mentality. Uh, I see there's some people watching, which is awesome. I tried to kind of promote this episode uh, amongst my friends and social media. So super, super cool to see people tune in. Please give that thumbs up button a hit if you wouldn't mind. That'd be super helpful to me. And um, I'm going to drop this join link here. Um, the invite guests link. I'm going to I'm going to post it in the chat. It's going to say click here to join. If anyone wants to jump in here, and uh, and hang out, ask some questions, talk about this topic. The topic for today is what is masculinity today? And this is a this is a crucial one. This is important. Now, for those of you who watch this show regularly or listen to my you know channels regularly, my podcast, my YouTube, or read my blog, you know that I'm all about helping people to make their dating lives better. All about helping people to increase their attraction, right? Um, and part of that whole process is understanding how men and women work together, like what they want, like understanding what they see as attractive, what isn't attractive, right? And really it's a conversation about human mating behavior. That's kind of the whole, that's the whole gig. That's the, that's pretty much what I love to talk about, what I'm passionate about and what I think helps the most, right? And so today we're just going to go into this and talk about this. And uh, masculinity is an interesting topic because I think that a lot of people have a hard time nailing down exactly what it is. And, you know, sometimes it's like a cultural thing. Sometimes it's like a biological thing, right? And I think that there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of distill it down. And it took me a while to nail down what I really believed, like what to call a masculine trait or, or what makes one trait masculine and what makes it feminine. And then see, it, it gets even more confusing sometimes because there's overlap, right? There are some traits that can be both masculine and feminine, right? It's not necessarily always, um, there might be black and white um, edges to the spectrum, but there is, there is a lot of gray area where the two kind of overlap sometimes. So, um, the the deciding factor and where you draw the line though for me is where attraction metrics uh, is where attraction metrics begin to take effect um, 
Awesome. Awesome. I see David Nihilus says I can jump in whenever you are ready for input. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I say feel free to jump in anytime you want to click that join button and jump in. I'm just going to kind of go through this blog post a bit and bounce this around. And uh, we're just going to we're just going to kick it and talk about this. So feel free to jump in anytime. So yeah, the bottom line for what you like, how you define masculinity to me comes from the traits that men need to broadcast in order to display their value to potential partners, right? So like the things that make them attractive to the women that they're trying to, you know, they're trying to either, you know, engage with, date, etc. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much the that's the baseline for me and where I think is a good place to draw the baseline. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start kind of reading down through this post. And, and now you, in the description, you can find the blog post I'm talking about. It's called what is masculinity today? The attraction metric answer. And so I wrote this blog post actually today as I was preparing for this uh, live stream. And so you can, go and read that post and that's going to give you a really solid frame of reference for what I'm talking about. If you want to like brush up on it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and start reading through it here. And then if people jump in, oh, hey. I'm jumping in. Say hi. Jolene jumping in, say hi. Maybe we can get her on the live stream sometime get her to get in here and, and, uh, get in here and share the feminine perspective, you know, now, now, once again, like I noticed there's some people watching. Oh, here we go. We've got David Nihilus jumping in. Love ya. All right. Let's bring you in here. Hey, how's it going? Good. What about yourself? Pretty good. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you're good. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So basically, uh, and now for those of you listening, like David, David and I know each other. We, we hang out. So, so we're friends. And so, uh, super pumped to have you on the, on the stream tonight, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. Uh, maybe here to give some insight to, uh, to just bounce some ideas. If you have any questions or anything, feel free to, to jump in. But I, um, I'm just going to kind of start going through this blog post and reading it a little bit and then feel free to just jump in if you have an opinion or if something sticks out to you or anything. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just, I'm just kind of, we're just kicking and chilling it. Um, it's not very high pressure. <laughs> it's just for fun. All right. All right. So what is masculinity today? This is the question that I've done a lot of thinking, researching, and contemplating about. And I have, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I think it's important. And I believe that I've come to an answer that not only makes sense, but that also helps men and women to put labels on truly masculine behaviors and displays. Uh, now don't get it twisted. My platform uh, the purpose of my coaching and the purpose of my mission is to help men and women improve their dating lives, right? So everything that I'm about to talk about is run through that lens, right? I want to help men and women level up their traction, improve their dating game, and then to embrace the alpha mentality. Why? So that their dating lives won't suck. Life is too short to have a dating life that sucks. That's how I used to be. For those of you who don't um, maybe, you know, know my story, which you probably do by now if you listen to me very often, but basically I was, you know, I was young and stupid, didn't understand women, got married, um, you know, made some bad relationship choices, ended up um, getting divorced 10 years later, re-entered the dating marketplace as a man in my 30s who had no idea how to date, didn't understand women, fell flat on my face. And so then I worked on it and I learned it took me a couple of years to figure out what the hell was going on and then but i got really good at it 
um, just because I, through trial and error and studying. And so now I'm here to try to help people understand dating and relationships, uh, trying to understand intergender dynamics, the grand, beautiful human mating dance. Um, you know, so you can learn from my bad experiences <laughs> and maybe save yourself some trouble. Um, so my purpose for defining masculinity isn't necessarily to provide a cultural, societal, or political lens through which to view the topic, but to distill it down to a useful, pragmatic principle that'll assist men and women in the mission of making their dating lives better, right? Um, now, for the most part, men and women care about this topic for different reasons. So, th so this is important. Women care about masculinity because they're innately attracted to masculine men. And we'll talk about that more here in a minute. Uh, and But men care because they want to increase their attraction, step into their natural roles as strong, capable, effective masculine men, right, as successfully as possible. Um, with that being said, uh, there's also a little a caveat here, a note, and it's important, I think, to this discussion to understand that not everyone necessarily wants to be masculine, like in, at least not in every single way, and that's fine. So the whole point of this topic is, um, from this point of view, is to figure out how it can be useful for men who want to be more attractive to the women they're interested in dating, and especially if those women are interested in dating strong masculine men. Now, with that being said, there's always outliers and there's fringe situations, you know, but, but that's kind of the whole purpose of this discussion right now. Um, David, what do you think? How, you got anything to add to that? Uh, about just like what is masculinity currently or just the idea of being masculine. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, that, that kind of stuff that I just rattled off there. Like did any of that hit you with any ideas or thoughts like off the bat, off the top of your head? Um, the idea of some people not wanting to be masculine. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something that's supposed to be concerning as a man, but it could be. Oh, okay. Okay. So like if a man is like, um, well, I don't really care if I'm masculine. Should I be concerned about that? Is that kind of the right? Yeah. That oh, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I think it all boils down to our personal like preferences, you know, like for me, like it, it matters a lot to me to adopt masculine traits and, to display what I would call masculinity as, you know, I'm about to kind of describe it here. Um, however, I wouldn't say that I would be, you know, telling men that they should be concerned if they don't want to do this because the, so I think the alpha mentality, which calls us to take action, to take control of our lives and to create our destiny the way we want to takes precedence over something like masculinity right um i think that i would be a lot more concerned if someone was just acting in a quote-unquote masculine way because they thought it was expected of them right that's kind of like giving away their power and to me that's like the the great sin is giving away your power what do, what do you think about that like you know how do you how do you feel about that question um I kind of feel like I want to almost pose another question with it. I mean, do you feel like you're losing power if you aren't masculine or so, being masculine, like in a, uh, like as your male gender anyway? Yeah. Yeah. So now that is a good question because I do think that men who decide, so 
now keep in mind that my definition of masculinity are basically it, masculinity is um, let's see I'm going to scroll down here to the to the definition how do we define masculinity according to um, according to me masculinity is best defined as the collection of traits that men would broadcast to display their value on the dating marketplace to potential female sexual partners um, and this is of course assuming that these female partners are interested in masculine men right so in other words a a man who is interested in women who want men <laughs> that's kind of right. very specific so now with that being said um it is true that if a man like the more he chooses to deviate from these behaviors that i'm about to describe uh there's a chance that he sacrifices some of his attraction and his uh you know he'll sacrifice his attraction metrics at the altar of being who he wants to be now that is actually inherently a masculine trait but ironically in some situations it could it could limit your dating pool a little bit like it could restrict it like the more the more you deviate from the behaviors that broadcast your value effectively the smaller your dating pool would get however that may not matter to you depending on your situation you know and and if you already have a really large dating pool, you may not even care. You know, people whose dating pools are already restricted might have a more difficult time. For example, and this is a rough example because it's very real, but um, it's it's pretty safe to say that, for example, very tall men are already going to be operating with a larger dating pool than men who are like you know shorter, like vertically challenged men. <laughs> so right. like. Now, and that's not really fair. That's just how the marketplace acts itself out, right? Now, with that being said, maybe a tall guy in having a larger dating pool might say, well, I don't care. I'm going to be a little less masculine. And he may not notice it, but someone, if, if the shorter guy, and I don't actually think height makes that big of a difference, but in theory, if, if being shorter really did restrict your dating pool a lot, uh, then you might think, well, you know, do I want to compromise on the attraction metrics if they're going to further restrict my dating pool? Um, and then you have a question of whether or not it's worth it to you, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a very cost-benefit analysis question, I think. So that that's how I would answer it. And I think that's a really good question, too. It's a super good question. Gotcha. Uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts about that? Like any, any thoughts in hearing that? description uh, nothing further yet yeah yeah all right all right i'm going to continue on here then um by the way i see there's some people viewing thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this um right now me and david david nihilus just just kicking it here talking about masculinity and i'm going through this blog post we're going to talk and and just hash some of these things out try to distill it down so that it's useful and yeah we're just chilling if anyone wants to jump in here or you know leave a comment i in the comment box on youtube i i left a click here to join link so you can click on that to join us so yeah and uh, hit that thumbs up button if you don't mind uh, super helpful all right so um the term now the next section of this blog post is um what is modern masculinity so the term modern masculinity is actually a bit misleading, I think. And I think people kind of, I think people in general think that there's like a masculinity crisis. Some people think 
that masculinity is like a bad thing. So like toxic masculinity, it's like, oh, this is thing we got to get rid of. And then there are some people who think, oh, no, masculinity is in crisis because there's a war on masculinity, people trying to get rid of it. So like on both sides of the coin, there's this, I think there is this, this, this kind of panic about it. And, and I'm going to talk a bit about that. Um, I think the truth is that masculinity hasn't changed much over the course of the past several thousand years, or maybe even, you know, like millions of years, possibly. Um, what has changed, though, is our society. So more specifically, some of the metrics that we used to use to measure masculinity have changed to reflect our modern day technology level specifically and the ethos of our modern human social behavior, right? Uh, the most direct example of this difference could be seen in how we view, label, and measure wealth, for example. So in the past, wealth would have been calculated a lot differently, like maybe how much meat, grain, honey, or water you had to share. If you were a hunter, um, it was probably a direct reflection of how good you were at hunting and gathering food and how much you had to offer and such and such. Uh, nowadays, however, wealth is pretty much defined by how much money you have. So that's a little different or what your actual net worth would be. And in this sense, um, we're actually not so different from hunter gatherers and you know our ancestors in that way. The form and function remain the same, but the currency has changed a little bit. Instead of measuring wealth by you know how much smoked venison you have hanging in your smokehouse, you would, you would um, measure it by how much money you have in your bank account or the assets you have. And then uh, now we just talked about how we define how, or how I define masculinity is, is best defined as the collection of traits that men would broadcast uh, to display their value on the dating marketplace to potential female sexual partners. I'm going to get more specific here uh, to get more specific. We're going to take a look at the primary male uh, sexual attraction metrics as I call them, right? So basically these are the things men are wanting to enhance to increase their attractive, attractiveness. And this is a really cornerstone thing. Like this is, and this is a new idea. Like the things I'm about to talk about, um, if you read um, David M. Buss, I, I really recommend this book. If you, if you like, um, you know, Evolution of Desire by David M. Buss, if you like evolutionary psychology and studying human mating behavior, he is like the guy. He, he knows more about this than anyone. And so a lot of these things are like, the, these are basically cornerstones of, of the things that represent the things that women are looking for in men. So number one is high quality genes. Now that's beyond the man's control. So he can't really level that up, but, but that's one thing. Then you have wealth, status, power, tribal connections, leadership ability, and an athletic body. And an athletic body is like the aesthetic part, right? The genes are kind of the handsomeness of the face, but the athletic body is what you, the part of it you have control over. And so that's important. And then um, all of this really adds up to labeling men as effective because at the end of the day, the, the really the be all end all for men is that they want to be successful and effective. And that's actually what translates to attraction. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously the handsomeness and the physical body, but those things um, are really nothing without the effectiveness and the other attraction metrics. So the wealth status, power, tribal connections, and leadership abilities. Um, therefore, we would label a masculine trait as a trait that displays one or more of these attraction metrics serving to broadcast the male's mate value out to females to let them know how valuable that particular man would be as a mating option. So, that's, so that is the, the literal definition of what I 
call masculinity. And then um, I, I give some examples, but but we're already talking about some examples. So now, David, um, as I as I bounce that off you, do you have any immediate like thoughts about that or questions or things to add about that? Mm, I mean, I feel like your definition lines up a lot with what my definition would also be. Um, so okay. not really. Oh, okay. Okay. So you, you kind of feel that this, this doesn't strike you as being like really otherworldly. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Cause it seems like it's like more about, uh, you know, who you are as a person, your intelligence, your ability to make money and provide more than it is uh, like physical attractiveness even. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's why, so I think people misjudge it, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people, for example, in like the black pill community and, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not an expert on, on black pill philosophy by any means. I watch a very small bit of content in that. However, there seems to be this idea that like, it's basically height and looks. And those are really the things that matter for genuine desire. Um, there's an idea that, that it, regardless of the other things, like you might get, you might get women to date you because they'll benefit from it, but not because they'll actually desire you. Whereas I, I feel that there's a lot of evidence to show that that's not necessarily true. I, I actually think it has more to do with the other things. Like I, to be honest, I think wealth status, power, tribal connections and leadership ability are to me, the, the predominant controllable attraction metric traits, right? And, and I would almost label an athletic body and good looks as a secondary trait. Um, it is important, but I, I, I really see the thing is, is that a, a really wealthy, powerful man who's well-connected um, doesn't necessarily need a, an athletic body to attract a really, really high value woman. Whereas I think that I've heard enough women talk about this to say that this is true. I think most women would agree that a man who is really, really athletic body, but it's like an empty shell. He has nothing else, like no other attraction metrics, you know, no wealth status power. You know, he's not industrious. He's not intelligent. It, that is, is lackluster. And so it's less attractive and it's not really a recipe for long-term like genuine burning desire, right? I really believe that to be the case. So I think that men need to focus more on wealth, status, power, and tribal connections than, than most men do. I think a lot of men underestimate how important those things are. Um, okay, so we're going to skip down here to... Um, now, I, I ask a question in this blog post, what is the new masculinity? And this is another thing that I think is a little bit misunderstood. I think that, you know, and even I have written some content about this, about like how is masculinity changing? Is it any different now? Like are men, are there different societal expectations for men? And so the thing is, is that um, now that there may be, there may be truth to the idea that society's expectations of men have changed a bit, you know, however, once again, I feel like defining masculinity through like a social political, or even like uh, some kind of ethical context is, is very, let's just say, I think that's a blurry lens to try to look through it. And, and I don't feel like we can distill it down enough 
I don't really like that um, because we can't distill it down to something pragmatic and useful to me. Like I think that's the the, the sin of that. So so once again, it's just all through the lens of human mating behavior. For the man who wants to figure out how to be more attractive, man, like where's the useful pragmatism? And so um, the new masculinity. Uh, is men coming to an understanding of what masculinity is in our modern world and striving to embody and display the traits that will make him more appealing and high value to potential mates, right? And it's really just the same thing, but but we just have a, a little bit of a, a modern cultural understanding. Now, ironically, these traits tend to be the exact same traits that also make men effective and useful and successful. And that's really important because because that's not an accident. Those are one and the same because women evolved to be attracted to men who were effective and successful. Uh, it all fits and works together in the context of, of the great grand human mating dance, right? Because at the end of the day, we have to remember that baseline women above everything else value safety and security and men value freedom, right? Now, there's reasons for that, and that's kind of another discussion. However, when we're talking about safety and security being what a woman values, then we have to ask the question, well, what does that mean to me as a man? And how does that, how does that, like, what does masculinity have to do with, or what does masculinity have to do with that? And the answer is, well, the, the more masculine the man is, it means he's going to be displaying these core attraction metric traits. And these traits ironically make him the type of man who a woman could trust for safety and security, either in a bad situation or as a long-term partner or whatever. Right. So, so those things fit together very much on purpose because that's how we evolved because, because the women who chose those men, the effective men who could provide safety and security, the women who chose them, they survived more often than the women who didn't, right? And so those traits were chosen. They were selected by evolution, you know, so to speak. And so the descendants of those women are the ones who inhabit the world today. So those instincts are very alive and well and powerful in women today. Um, so, yeah, so that's the next thing I think that's really important to understand is that those things aren't the same by accident. Um, what do you think, David? Uh, bouncing that off, do you have any? Do you have any thoughts about that or observations? Um, so for like the masculine traits, um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of reading along with your blog as well. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay, good. Um, you begin to mention like the three masculine traits are like being tall, being athletic with a V-shaped mm -hmm. torso, and then just having money. Yeah, those are three good examples. Right. I mean, are those like your top three in your opinion? Oh, no, I don't necessarily think they're the top three. I, I chose those three examples. And I'm, and let's go ahead and read that. I kind of skipped over it because I thought, I don't know if it's interesting enough. But it, actually, there is some interesting stuff in there. Um, so here are three examples of what I would call masculine traits. For those of you listening, because um, Dave is reading along in the blog post. So um so number one, being tall, right? Now, being tall isn't something a man can control. It is, however, associated with a man's attraction levels. And women tend to show favor to men who are taller. Men who are, who are taller have a range of social and physical strength advantages. And it makes sense that women would tend to consider height as a useful trait when vetting potential partners, right? So this could be considered a more masculine genetic trait. Um, and that's it's interesting because that contrasts women because 
uh, women as a general rule, like being tall isn't necessarily considered inherently feminine. Uh, it's not really considered, you know, to be non-feminine. I guess it depends on the culture you live in. It's kind of subjective, but, but anyway, so, but that's generally considered to be a trait that most men are like, Oh, like I, if I could be taller, I would be or something. Right. And there's a reason for that. There's a lot of advantages. And so that would make it a masculine trait because it's a trait that increases your attractiveness to women because it also, it also signifies that you might be more effective, right. Than a man who is not as tall as you. So it helps you as an attraction metric. Now moving on to something you can control, right. An athletic V shaped torso, a man who's in really good shape, who has a lean, muscular, powerful body, who isn't obese or out of shape right? He would tend to show up on a typical woman's radar as more attractive. Why? Uh, this is instinctual, helping the women to determine which men would be more likely to be capable of protecting her and her offspring from predators and enemies, right? And again, this is all instinct. This is all software we've been operating with for, you know, thousands, if not millions of years. Therefore, men who develop this trait, who's another is men who work on their body, work out, get muscles, whatever, would be developing what you would call a masculine trait. But this trait is interesting because women can also develop lean, muscular, athletic bodies. Um, and women who have like a healthy body, that's seen as a feminine thing too. It's just feminine. Um, and, and we call it different because a woman's body is a little different than a man's, right? So to, to us, if we're just going to label things willy-nilly, we would label her body as feminine and a man's as masculine. Um, but see that actual trait, having the athletic body is actually a trait that could be masculine or feminine, depending on the context, because a woman will use that exact same attraction metric to try to attract a man, which would make it a feminine trait. Right? So that's to kind of dis that that's an interesting trait to look at because there's overlap in that. Um, but men and women care about it for different reasons. Women care about the men's athletic body because it shows them that he could protect her against safety and security. Men care about women having an athletic body because it displays fertility cues, letting them know that there's a good chance that her body is in prime condition to produce healthy offspring, right? Uh, and so that would help him to vet her as a potential partner. So the trait is similar, but the reasons for being attractive and the reasons for displaying that trait vary by gender, right? Um, now I think, uh, the, the, okay, so this last one, this last example that I have in the post, having a lot of money saved up in the bank. Okay, so this is another example of a masculine trait and equates directly to wealth, social status, and power because we associate those things with money in our modern culture. Uh, men with a lot of money earn high value marks with women because women are looking for attraction markers like wealth, status, and power, and having more money helps to check these boxes off the list. Incidentally, men do not rate women like women having money is much less important to men. Uh, this has been demonstrated. Now it's becoming uh, it's becoming a little bit more important to men in our modern day than it used to be, but it's still not as important to men as it is to women. And so that is an example of something that's an inherently masculine trait. Whereas a woman having a lot of money. Like it doesn't necessarily help her to make herself more attractive directly, right? Unless she's paying for things that are making her more attractive. So you wouldn't necessarily call that a feminine trait by this definition, right? Anyway, so yeah. So now, and, and David, to answer your question from earlier, I, I would not label those as the three most important things. I just think that they're three examples 
of how this mechanism plays out in the real world, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now with all that being said, like, um, what do you think? Do you have anything to bounce off of that or any thoughts to add to that? Um, I mean, it seems like a lot of the traits are all uh, like ways for a man to provide for a woman. That seems to be the very common theme from among them, like the safety, yeah. the security, the money that know that they'd be taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess it's kind of uh, interesting that, you know, like you said, as the modern world keeps advancing, we kind of end up in a situation where uh, women are just likely to even embody some of these same traits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but then it comes to the question is like, uh, is it not masculine to uh, present these traits? Like if you're a woman or are these just masculine traits that are seen in women or are they called something else at that point? So, you know, no women, absolutely. Uh, in some ways, women have to embody more of what we would label here as masculine traits. Um, and they have to do that to like succeed in business in, in such and such. Right. Um, and now, so here's the challenge though. So it, interesting, interesting that you bring that up because that's actually, that's actually really, that's an interesting point of contention, right? So, um, women are inherently hypergamous right now for the record, women are becoming less hypergamous in our modern day, according to statistics than they used to be. But, but I feel like it's unclear whether that is caused by the climate or whether that is just a reflection of a change in behavior. I feel like it's a result of the climate that we're in, in, in our modern world where women are taking up more responsibility. Like they're becoming CEOs, they're becoming business owners, whereas they didn't used to do that. Right. Uh, and so the thing about it is that women have always tended to mate across and up dominance hierarchies or social hierarchies. And so that's what hypergamy is. And so um, probably as a result of that female uh, mating habit, uh, men have always tended to mate across and down dominance hierarchies. So, so you, what you generally have is if a woman makes a certain amount of money, right? Let's say a woman makes a hundred thousand a year, men who make less than her are going to have a much harder time earning her respect as a man in the dating marketplace than a man who earns 200,000. Right. Uh, and so that's how it plays out. And so interesting enough, women who are more intelligent, like women who score higher in intelligence, they do tend to earn more money and they also tend to have a more difficult dating life. And they rate, um, like, well, statistically, they end up getting married less. And one of the beliefs about this, one of the ideas about this is, is that it's because they level themselves up out of the range of the vast majority of what men could actually succeed in, in like achieving to become attractive to them, right? Because you think, you know, and, and rationally so, you would think, well, you know, if a woman makes, you know, $100,000 a year, 
and she meets a guy who's really good looking and he makes half as much as she does, well, you would think, well, there's nothing wrong with that coupling. And, and that's true. And sometimes that happens, but the problem comes about is as a result, not so much the amount of money, but the why the money is like that, right? Is it because like, why does she earn twice as much as him? Those are the reasons that she's going to be less likely to respect him because if he's not as industrious as her, it's going to make her feel like she's responsible for being the industrious one. If he's not as responsible with money as she is, it's going to make her feel like she's babysitting instead of feeling like she's being taken care of. Right. And all that goes contrary to the base female um, desire for safety and security, because in order for them to feel safe and secure, they need to be with a man who is by all accounts, uh, in terms of actually providing safety and security, who is better than them at doing that. Otherwise, they are the ones who are responsible for it. And their their attraction for that man significantly is diminished, right? Okay. So anyway, there was a big mouthful. <laughs> what, yeah. what do you think about that? Um, well, do you think if a woman embodies those traits, you were saying like men tend to either uh data crossed or down from their standing do you think women in that same position do that or they do they still go up from there well more and more um according to statistics more and more women are actually dating either across or across and down dominance hierarchies um and it's happening more and more um but part of it may be because and this is kind of what i believe i actually believe that that's because many more women are like becoming educated and making a lot more money at a much higher rate. Right. So by the time a woman has a degree, maybe has a business is making six figure money. There actually aren't that many men who could feasibly, you know, she, she has so f such a small dating pool of men, you know, to, to, to mate up dominance hierarchies with that, that it's almost like she, she's she's super handicapped in in her mate selection so she might be more likely to mate across dominance hierarchies or across and down just so that she can open up her um so she can open up her mating opportunities more right that's so that's the general idea and of course every situation is a little bit different right um it happens more and more today than ever i think you know you see women who like making more than the man they're with or whatever. Um, so, but the takeaway for men is in theory, you know, as a, as a rule for attraction, if you want to attract the kind of woman who's making six grand, six figures, you need to be kind of the man, the kind of man who is generating more money than that. Right. So that would be the takeaway for men if they want to show up as being highly attractive to that level of woman. I actually wrote an article about that. Um, I can't even remember what it was called now. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the thing that men have to be, have to be thinking about when they're trying to level up. It's like, um, am I the kind of man who is not only the best man in the room, but the best human in the room in terms of these key attraction metrics. Cause if he's not outdoing the woman at generating wealth, status, power, tribal connections, and then leadership, uh, then he's going to struggle to be able to earn her respect. Right. And a woman has to respect a man to actually desire him. So that would be like the, that's the, 
that's the challenge for men in that respect. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. What what do you so now with that being said, um, you know, with all of that being said, what do you think? Do you have any thoughts to bounce into this? Any any takeaways or you know, thoughts about that? Mm, not at the current time. All right, cool, cool. We'll just continue on here. So what is the new masculinity? Okay, why is masculinity needed? That's the next section. So we're gonna talk about this. So why does it matter? Um, masculinity, in my opinion, is needed in our world because the human race needs capable, high value, effective men with good genes who are capable of creating successful results so that we can continue to survive and thrive as a species, right? And we, so we need both, you know, obviously, like, like women actually have the predominant, um, the, the valuable child creating equipment, right? They've got the, the uterus and the eggs, which are the expensive <laughs> and, and uh, more like intricate parts of that process. Men have semen and sperm, which is, pretty much cheap to obtain and, and uh, utilize by women. So, um, but those are two sides of the coin, right? So that's, that's why women are born and this, so this seems weird to, to say, but, but women are born with a certain amount of inherent value that men do not possess. How do men make up the difference? How do men create value by becoming exactly this high value, effective men who are capable of creating successful results creating solutions to problems, generating resources, et cetera. That's how men create their value. And that's what women find attractive, right? Uh, this speaks to the importance of pursuing our purpose and legacy as men as well. And, and so these are very masculine traits, pursuing your purpose and your legacy as a man. Um, I don't think there could be anything more masculine. And, and in fact, when we go, when we go back to like, well, what is the most masculine trait? This is actually what I would call the most masculine trait is, is pursuing your purpose in life first and foremost, and, and having like a, a set legacy in mind or a vision for your future. Uh, strangely enough, it's technically more masculine to prioritize effectiveness in your purpose over pursuing women, right? Uh, if you make women your mission, it actually sends low value markers and technically classifies you as being less masculine and, and inherently less attractive. It's kind of like saying, I'm not high value enough to have a lot of women who want me. Therefore, I need to be totally focused on pursuing women to get results which means that I'm not prioritizing effectiveness in the context of my goals. Um, and the 17th vow of the oath of Kings and Queens, those of you who follow me know that I reference this sometimes. Um, I've got, there are some people watching, by the way, feel free to click on that link and jump in here or leave a comment or something. Uh, yeah, this is a great discussion. Just feel free to jump in on it if you would like to. Really appreciate everyone who's watching. If you're watching on Facebook, feel free to come over to YouTube and, and jump in here. I don't think you can actually jump in from Facebook, so YouTube is better. Anyway, so um, the 17th vow of the Oath of Kings and Queens speaks directly to this, right? And this is basically the set of alpha vows that like I I created and helped me to transform my life to going from just a beta mindset man to more of an alpha mindset man. Um, I vow to adopt and follow my own true purpose that it may act to shield me from the chaos around me and give me the strength and direction to live out my days pursuing something meaningful and to leave a lasting legacy for those who follow me. Men who get caught up in the trap of sexual scarcity, which means that they, um, they're having a really hard time attracting women and they're kind of caught in a negative cycle, often succumb to the non-masculine trait of chasing women at the expense of being effective and creating wealth status, tribal connections, power, and a great physique, which are the primary attraction metrics for men. Um, 
So now with that all being said, David, what do you think? Like bouncing that off you, do you have anything to add to that? Um, so I'm trying to gather up the thoughts here. Um, super good questions, by the way. All the questions you're asking are super good, adding a lot of value. I, um, the, those aren't necessarily questions that were covered in the article, so super awesome. This will this will be a great um, like I'm going to pin this video in the article when when it gets finalized because it's a lot of extra stuff that wasn't included. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, the quote of uh, I'm not high enough value to have a lot of women who want me. Therefore, I need to be totally focused on pursuing women to get results mm -hmm. is. Uh, I feel like that also comes from men just not knowing their purpose or what kind of legacy they want to leave. Yeah, that's true. That's a mm -hmm. big part of it, even as just humans in yeah. general, not necessarily masculine or feminine. Just people don't know what they want to do on earth before they pass, you know? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And, and so that's, and I think I agree with you. That's the predominant thing. People don't just wake up and think, Oh yeah, I'm just going to chase women at the expense of my purpose. <laughs> it's more like that's something that we fall into because we desire women as men. Um, and if we don't have clarity about our goals, it can be very easy to kind of get distracted, right? Because if there's anything in this world that's distracting, it's beautiful women, right? Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I can absolutely identify with that. And uh, yeah, which is, so that speaks to the importance of like knowing what one's purpose is, which I think is something that everyone should sit down and have a conversation with themselves about, you know? So for those of you listening to this, you know, if you, if you sit down and you think, um, you know, I'm not sure what problem I want to solve in the world. I'm not sure what kind of legacy I'd like to leave. Like, I'm not really sure where I want to be when I'm, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever. Um, you know, if you, if you haven't had that hash that out with yourself, that's actually a crucial first step to trying to actually figure out how to even move forward. Right. And, it's also important for your attraction because let's just say that you don't really know what you want to do in life. You might not really be doing anything you're super passionate about. And that hurts your attraction because passion is an incredibly, um, an incredibly attractive trait in men. And that actually, that plays back to effectiveness, but it also plays into many of the things. So like wealth, status, and power, and tribal connections, those things are usually best forged when you pursue something with vigor and passion. And passion should almost be one of these. Like I might even add it in some cases because it's so important. You know, I was watching this video the other day and there's this guy talking about Tony Robbins. He went to Tony Robbins um, and he listened to Tony Robbins speak. And so one thing that Tony Robbins is, is incredibly passionate, right? But this guy like went with a bunch of women to see Tony Robbins and one common consensus that all the women had after the show was they were all literally like turned on, like, the, the passion of all like the men there, they were like, it's so sexy to see, you know, not only Tony, but all these other men so passionate about whatever they're passionate about, like is a huge turn on. And I've had many women tell me that too. Like they're like, um, I love seeing a man who cares so much about something and pursuing it. Right. And that's an incredibly sexy thing. And so, yeah. Um, 
if you don't know, like if you're not quite sure what to pursue in your life, you might also be sacrificing a great deal of attraction at that. So, so like, for example, if you wake up one day and you decide, man, you know, I love to play the xylophone. Like I, my, I would love for my vision to be, um, of myself in the future to be like, I'm going to be the greatest xylophone player who ever lived. Well, if you actually applied yourself and, and chase that with a passion and a, a fervor that would make it so important to you that you prioritized it over everything else, um, whenever attractive women did cross your path, that would be seen as an incredibly attractive trait, right? Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Um, there's an old saying that there's a groupie for everything. You know, there's a, <laughs> actually the saying is um, there's a groupie for everything. Uh, there's a groupie for everything but World of Warcraft. But that's not true, actually. Oh, that's <laughs> the, 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 um, the, but see, that even the whole idea of the groupie, it's like, well, why? Like, groupies started with like women who loved like, like rock stars. It's like, well, why do they love rock stars? Well, they've got wealth, power, status, tribal connections, and they're incredibly passionate about what they're doing, right? So it's like, that's true. There's women who are attracted to men of any vocation, really. And, vocation isn't really as important as the passion you chase it with. So yeah. Anyway, there we go. I, I just talked about that for a long time. <laughs> did you have anything else to add to that, David? I just kind of, I just kind of uh, no, hijacked that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you're good. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, so now, so what are the characteristics of a man? And this is kind of the last section we're talking about here. And we're going to, we're getting close to wrapping this up. Uh, once again, if anyone is watching this, you want to join, jump in here, ask a question or something, feel free to hit that link. Um, I'm really, I'm really super pumped that uh, David, that you came in here to ask these good questions and talk. Um, I, in the future, I would love to involve more people, um, you know, whoever, who, uh, with any kind of questions, any kind of point of view would love to get more great discussions like this going on in here. So that's, that's the goal yeah, for sure. Um, what are the characteristics of a man? Okay. So this is another question that's close to the heart of this. So there are many characteristics that a man can embody. And to be honest, um, they don't all have to be masculine. See, uh, without being said, I've compiled what I believe to be a pretty decent list of what I call alpha personality traits. And this is a really long list. This is, you know, th like 34 things uh, that both alpha men and alpha women should strive to embody. And really, to be honest, all this is a huge list of like positive attributes and, and they're not really gendered. Right. Um, but so, but, and I'm just going to run down through this list, like self-sufficiency, self-love, responsibility, self-empowerment, wisdom, restraint, balance, bravery, kindness, respectfulness, and, and, you know, on and on the list goes on. So there's like 34 of these things. And now, why do I say that these should be the characteristics of a man, right? Well, I think that many of these things can be masculine or feminine based on the context, right? For example, empathy. Uh, we talked about that earlier. That can be something that is masculine and it can be something that is feminine, right? There's, there's overlap there and that's not so uncommon. When you get, when you distill it down to this level and you're talking about um, masculinity being the broadcasting of the traits that display value, it's not so hard to see that there's a lot of overlap. And of course, then femininity would be the, the feminine equivalent. It would be the, um, you know, the, the traits you would broadcast to, to show men that you're a high value woman, right? So that's just, it's just the same thing on the other side of the coin. Um, now, 
one thing that is important to understand though is that we're all unique people and so masculinity masculinity is not a personality type right and masculinity is not the type of person you are masculinity is just a set of behaviors that you may choose to incorpor incorporate more of into your life so that you can display your value more and in the in in the quest to raise your attraction and to have a better dating life because of it so but you know your masculinity doesn't make you the person you are what makes you the person you are is well i would say your purpose what you what problem you're trying to solve in life so that's like your mission that is unique to you um your preferences as a person the things you enjoy right your individual talents which have nothing to do with masculinity because you know your talents may or may not display certain masculine characteristics but that doesn't really matter because because the goal isn't to make masculinity who you are as a person the goal is to say okay i am who i am and i want to be a genuine authentic person and that's also very attractive being yourself i want to be a genuine and authentic person but maybe I want to try to be a little more attractive. So what can I do? Okay, let's let's look into masculinity. If I'm a man, oh, I could I could work a little harder, make a little more money. That's going to help me have a better dating life. This is true. Um, I'm gonna you know work on my tribal connections, try to meet some people who are more connected, have a bigger social network. That's attractive as well. It also helps you meet women. It helps you expand your social circles. See, so it's like all these things are very pragmatic and and they're context dependent and the context of your life is is the most crucial context right so so when so all the this list of things like the characteristics of a man i i think that when we start to get to that point the whole point of it is you want to be who you are authentically and genuinely uh if there are habits you have that are bad habits that don't serve you that make you a bad person or an unsuccessful person i'd replace those habits with good habits but not that sacrifice who you are as a person that's not the goal the goal is not to lose yourself just trying to be this masculine guy right and the same is true for women not to just lose yourself trying to be this quote-unquote feminine person uh, the goal actually of dating skills in general is just to remove the bad behaviors so that you can interface with other people as genuinely and authentically as possible right that's that's my definition of dating skills which is actually um you know that's running pretty close to describing what game is and i would describe game as the very intense study of that process but but yeah so anyway i say all that to say i guess you know summarizing that uh as men, we, we shouldn't get lost in this idea of masculinity. Take it for what it is. Take the concepts that are going to help you display value and like incorporate them in ways that are authentic to you, but you don't have to force it, especially to the point of being someone you're not, because that actually will take away from who you are and it'll take away from your attraction because, because that's another thing women value is authenticity above all things. Um, in fact, John Gottman and Julie Schwartz Gottman in this book, which is another excellent book, um, ladies who are maybe listening listening to this or watching this, The Man's Guide to Women, um, this is the number one book you want to buy your man for Christmas because that'll teach him a lot about women that he did not know, I guarantee it. But um, Robert Gottman and Julie Schwartz Gottman, 
um, they've been studying human mating behavior for years and years and years, and they are like absolute authorities on the topic. And they distill it all down to saying what women really care at the end of the day about men in the most attractive trait is that a man does exactly what he says he will do. So his behavior and his words line up in, a, in honest accordance, which to me is translated as being genuine and authentic, right? That's kind of how I describe it. But Anyway, so that's the end goal for attraction, you know, we, and we want to get out of our own way so we don't mess it up. <laughs> that's kind of the idea. Um, David, what do you think? Bouncing those thoughts off of you, what do you think? Um, I feel like honesty also still, again, ties back to being able to, you know, know you trust a person in the way that, uh, you know, that you can actually provide for them and you won't let them down, like the, the reassurance that, um, you can provide. I think honesty is very much tied to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and another thing about honesty is you're, you're more likely, what's interesting about honesty is that like, you're more likely to build wealth, status, power, and tribal connections, but especially tribal connections, if you do act in an honest way, right? And that is also something that, like, if you don't have honesty, how can a woman hope to have safety and security with you, right? So I think that honesty, I think that honesty is, at the end of the day, a very attractive trait for men and for women, um, I think that women care a little more about it than men. Actually, I think I think men suffer more for being dishonest than women do, probably in the attraction arena. Um, and then another thing, like a lot of men, like there's this kind of this idea that being honest sometimes hurts your chances with women. But you know, it, then again, it depends on the context. Like, so for example, like I I watch a lot of guys in the pickup community, like their content, and they'll say things like you know, well, if you're married, you know, don't tell her that because the odds of her deciding to sleep with you, if you tell her you're married, if you're trying to, are, are much less because you're a taken man and she might not want to waste your time. Right. So if you, you omit that your chances of getting laid increase. So it's like, okay, well maybe they do. However, I would operating on that principle then is the only goal to gain sexual access. So if that's your version of what you call success, that's one thing. But um, when I'm talking about like attraction, I guess usually I'm talking more about it in the sense of like, can you interface well with women in a general sense to where they would desire you, you know, kind of by de facto and, and maybe more of a longer term possibility, right? Because most people, most people don't necessarily want to just have a string of one night stands forever. Like most people want to, at some point, interface with a woman more in a long term sense. They want like a, a girlfriend or to get married someday, maybe to have children, right? So, so anyway, that's kind of an interesting thing. But at the end of the day, honesty will help you to get more to that long-term goal. Whereas a lack of honesty might actually destroy your chances of getting there with a woman, right? Even if it helps in the short term to gain sexual access. So that's another interesting trade-off. Anyway. All right. Well, we are coming up on an hour. Uh, David, uh, do you want to 
do you want to uh, share any, like, just like at the end of this conversation, after talking about this, um, any takeaway thoughts or questions or just, you know, things that are, you know, on the tip of your mind from going through all this stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of people would get it uh, kind of twisted in their head that, you know, being, uh, you know, attractive to somebody uh, and being masculine is just simply for the purpose of uh, sleeping with them. Um, but, oh, you know, gosh. this seems to be more like long term advice, you know, kind of being yeah. almost passively attractive without trying to be as long as you, you know, have these traits, you're honest, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to describe it because I, I think that's the key to be passively attractive is actually a super good way of describing it because in general, like what you want to be doing is be a man on your purpose, you know, achieving success for yourself, creating an awesome life. And then a woman, you don't want to make women the mission, but when the right woman comes along, a woman you're attracted to, it's like, well, you can add her to your already awesome life, like a cherry on an already awesome cake. Right. It's kind of the, that's kind of the goal that, that I think is, well, I think that's the developing the attraction skills to make that happen is where the Holy grail is because, you know, then you don't have to rely on just what you say to women or whatever. Um, you just become that which is desirable. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super good. It's super good insight. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, that's going to wrap this one up. Um, Thank you everyone for uh, watching, for tuning in. If you haven't hit that thumbs up button, do that for me. Hit that and uh, let YouTube know that you like the content, you'd like to see more of it. And then make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so. Also, uh, make sure to check out my website, joshuasagavis.com. I blog almost every day there. And then you can also check out my podcast, which basically is... Um, my podcast is basically uh, the content that you hear here. However, I do also release podcast episodes that are way more just visceral and just personal like me just talking into my phone at times of the day when i have thoughts just rambling off my head so it's a lot it can be a little more rough and real sometimes it gets a little more personal so if you like that kind of thing you might want to listen to my podcast uh but yeah so um anyway thank you everyone so much for tuning in david thank you so much for coming in asking great questions and creating a lot of value and and for bouncing your thoughts and your ideas about this off of this i'm super super grateful thank you so much yeah and, thanks for uh, having me yeah and i hope you'll come back sometime and we'll talk about more stuff sure, so sure. uh all right uh and uh yeah so everyone just uh just stick with it go with grace never give up your power this is josh segafis signing off thank you for listening make sure to visit www.joshuasegafis.com you on the flip side, 